Attention feminists! Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old tea's getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your huddy scream fuddy-duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug? Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder Most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. about how I say my name I think I've said this before in the podcast but I'd say you know whatever Sarah, Sarah Jane, Jane speaking yeah. and I don't know how many times I've gotten hey a caramel <laughs> I'd be like what do you just go with it like, yeah right yeah, I just like, go with it also, Mary Jane is the other one I get also if there's a problem and they ring back and they're like I speak to caramel caramel doesn't work here Brian, bitch no caramel here um, caramel. caramel Sarah yeah, Jane way I could get Mary Jane but at least that woman on your road that's called you a different name oh, for there's years. a woman on my road that calls me Gemma <laughs> <laughs> like we're going on I love that you fully accept no we're going on 11 years now <laughs> 11 years like, now I like, would I find it very hard to correct people when they say my name incorrectly and it's because in my head I'm like oh I'm being rude but then it's like if I said someone's name incorrectly and they're like oh it's bad but I'd be like oh I'm so sorry grant you. I would not think they're being rude but if someone if I do it I'm like oh it's fine yeah my name is now Mildred that's okay yeah I would love that name for you yeah, Mildred a great name yeah I love the name Mildred um, yeah no that woman on my row calls me Gemma and then she left like a Christmas card in all of my house with Gemma Dear on Gemma. and uh, whenever I'm out speaking to her she's like hey Gems and Lily always goes who's Gemma oh my god <laughs> I was gonna say does Lily ever no, go no Lily I remember we were walking who's away Gemma? and Lily was like who's why did she call you Gemma? And I was like, keep walking, Lily. Keep walking. Go home. Go home. Um, oh, it's we, gone on so should long. Should we say hello to it? Should we introduce the episode? Yeah, welcome to episode 45. <laughs> yes. 45? 45 and we're alive. Um, episode 45, that's crazy. Episode 45, uh, Murder Most. What's the name of this podcast again? True Crime Time? M for Mother. M for Mother. U for UVF. <laughs> Hellinger's. Or for Republican. <laughs> and then they go. <laughs> D for dog. Um, Helen just sent me a picture of her poster. Loads of people have sent me their, actually, their posters and frames and, and, and they look absolutely amazing, I must say. And these are all a um, fantastic bunch of lads. Um, yeah, really cute. This one girl sent me a picture and it was in a pink frame. And I was like, people are putting these in their fucking houses. <laughs> people walk in, they just see guns written on the wall. Oh, I have to say sorry. So this is like a corrections corner type thing. Okay. So when I was talking about Robert Black. <laughs> dirty scumbag. Evil cunt. Yeah. Um, when I was referring to where places were, mm-hmm. a lot of people were messaging me because I did that thing where I lumped Scotland in as England. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So I was like almost being England. 
But I didn't realise it was in Scotland. Sorry, Scotland. Yeah, because it didn't say Scotland. And I only know Scotland. two places in Scotland, which is Glasgow Edinburgh and Edinburgh. Glasgow, yeah. um, so I am really oh, sorry, because like I know how that feels. Yeah, because currently, even today on the f- in work... Lads, um, vote, get yourselves out. Vote yourselves out of the UK. Vote yourselves. Um, today in work, one of the lads... So, obviously, everyone knows I work for a big company. Yeah. Um, and they've lumped Ireland into, like, the UK. Where is their... Pe- uh, PR people. Yeah. But they've lumped Ireland into all of the like... So whenever I have to... Because every system we use is like an online system. So I don't have like software on my laptop. I have to log in yeah. to like a system... Um, like a UB key. And then all of like the systems I use are online. Right. So, But whenever I have to search for anything, I have to search for the region first. And then my station. Oh, okay. And my station is very rarely in IE. Always UK. in UK. Um but GB. anyway, I was on the phone today with someone and they're from they were from the north and they were their their station was in with my station and he was like, uh, this company have done what we couldn't do and he, he's a Catholic, right? He was like, They've brought us together, but they've brought us together not in the Irish not on the Irish side, but in the fucking UK <laughs> side. And I was like, I know, he was like he was like, Unification <laughs> Um, sorry Scotland very 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 yeah, no, sorry really we apologise and if we said it, I don't think we've done anything about Wales um, sorry Wales in advance we apologise to all we of the to all of UK the, around the area the GB um, that's a, like a corrections corner we can't um, say that that's um, my favourite murder thing oh is it that's a we can't steal it from them that's a we um we fucked say. up we fucked up corner. Fucked up and fixed. We, we fucked, fucked up, up and fixed, fixed it. Corner. We fixed fucked up and fixed it corner. Um, did someone message you on Facebook? No, on Twitter. Oh, uh, okay. I think someone did on Facebook too. Oh, jeez. I think we offended a lot of people. I Who's say we? we right? Who the fuck is we? <laughs> Bitch. You want to do with me? You didn't say I will, me. I will absolutely throw you under the bus Listen, right now. You absolute... Bitch. Don't just do it with me, Sarah I know, Jane. I'm taking even the before, next one. Even before we started the episode, Sarah said, hey, listen, I'm going to piss off Scots. What do you see? This woman just said, I was in the police in Northern Ireland and Robert Black had to spend the night in our cells. Oh, I swear to God, you could feel the evil as soon as you opened the door to the custody, to the custody suite doors and I had to check on the fecker once. Um, he okay. gave me the goosebumps, not the good sort of, not the good sort even. Writing this now, he still makes me physically feel sick. I never felt evil like it from anyone else and I looked after a few murders. Holy fuck. Isn't this lady amazing? That's crazy. She just sent you that up. What's her name? Uh, Amelda is her name. Amelda, that's nuts. That's insane. Um, yeah, he is one of the worst human beings that has ever walked the face oh, of the yeah. planet. People were complaining as well that Colin didn't do a song, well, and I was like, just, lads, we couldn't it was a, it lump was, a song in there. We'll be able to do a song today because it's not a child murder. It's a horrible murder, but it's not a child murder, so it won't be so. Yeah, old, like that's that's probably it. the most intense story we've done. Yeah, that was horrible. Like, it was absolutely awful. Really brought the mood down, Sarah. Just like, you know. How like how many kids did he need to like Jesus dude like anyway let's not let's anyway not go fuck under. that guy yeah we're not gonna um do that fuck that guy fuck that guy do you have any housekeeping housekeeping yeah. um other than what I've just said actually Colin's gonna kill me he's gonna be like I'm gonna have to edit that all together now and put housekeeping <laughs> before it you fucking stupid bitch <laughs> um I don't think I have any has anything happened uh to the person who bought the last poster we will post it out we have to post it out. Sarah's going to do it. Um, we will post it out too, we promise. Um, two of us have just been up to our fucking eyeballs. 
so we it will do that. It has been a very busy week, and we are so sorry. Um, I've nothing else to say because we only seen each other today yeah, and I recorded. I, I don't think we have any news. See that Matt? See that? Fe- see that actor today? What actor? Someone put it on Facebook. I didn't know who he was, and then Graham was like, "What happened?" He's been like, like twenty women have come out and said like. He like assaulted them or like sexually, what? some form of like sexual assault or. Is he famous? Yeah, he. I remember seeing him on um, Graham Norton. Noel Clark seeking professional help after harassment claims as ITV drops the final of his show. Hold on, Noel Clark. Yeah, this is him. I have no idea who that man is. Noel Clark. What? Noel Clark's wife Ursula. No idea. Sexual predator actor Noel Clark accused of groping, harassment, and bullying of twenty women. Yeah, twenty women came forward to the Guardian. Fuck. Which I just thought was like. And he's married with four kids. Yes. My fucking god, men are just. What is what? Like <sighs> twenty women. Fuck me, man. Um, like that's habitual that's you know, like, no, like, and that's like that's 20 women that have come forward there's so well, many, ma- more, how many women more are there that are yeah. like not gonna come forward like the, the the tale like that stands the test of fucking time yeah. people don't wanna and I get that they wanna protect themselves and they don't wanna course, go through that yeah, yeah. but like the amount of people that were probably involved with like keeping that person quiet oh absolutely like any amount of people that are probably involved in keeping these 20 women quiet and I guarantee that they found each other that's what I was just going to say they obviously came <clears> together <throat> and were like we're going to do this together because it's so hard to be just one person to be like this This happened to me mm. um, I always find it so ridiculous when men are like other men are like oh they just did this to become famous and I'm like name one of Bill Cosby's victims yeah one no, but like you're I absolutely. I right. actually never heard of that guy. I don't know who he is. I don't know who he is either. He I is think a bafta dude. He's apparently he's very famous. I did. I do remember seeing him on Graham Norton. Uh, I'm, I could be wrong, but I think he was on Graham Norton a, a good while ago. Jesus um, Christ! Fuck me. I think he has quite a popular show, and I think he's a writer as well. Um, That's crazy. So yeah. Did you see that that uh, that case he did about? Oh, I don't, the demand and the daughter. Yeah, they got. They're getting retried. Yeah. And they're up 100% getting off. Yeah. I have no doubt. He got money. She got money. Yeah, they're 100% getting off. He got connections. She got connections. And it's so sad because they 100% did it. Yeah, no, they 100% killed him. They 100% murdered him. Like, Like, there's not... (sighs) Awful. But I think he went there with the intention of killing him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was clearly like, he's going and he's bringing the kids. And he was like, my precious baby angel daughter... I have to make sure that and you can't be an adult. See that video of like the two of them meeting the kids and they were like, everybody's yeah. praying for you. Everybody, God is here and he's praying for you. No, he's not. Everybody's hoping you're okay. It's like, I killed your dad. I, I murdered your dad. Like, me, me and your, this old man here that is not related to you in no. any way whatsoever. No. And I'm not related to you, uh, murdered your father yeah. after your mother died of a And also I've been lying about adulthood. how I like fucking How nurse, I, yeah. nursed your mother your cancer ridden mother when she died of a fucking asthma attack that is enough for me to be like she is a pathological liar. liar and they killed him yeah yeah I just I don't think it's gonna go the way people want it I to go I don't think so either life is life's hard lads hey do you know what we have each other and now we're back together, together. 
to get. Do you know who looks, still looks amazing? I want to show Does she have work done? you. Of course, my face is blue. Let me see. Has she had work done? Yeah, of course. I don't know. She looks like it. Do you know? She's I'm going to say something now. Do you know what, what I've always disliked about Kylie Minogue? What? Her what? hair. Why? It just bothers me, the texture of it. Like in general? Yeah, I just, I, the texture of it, it just always looks like it needs a good brush. Ah. Oh yeah, no, she's definitely worked on Let me see. I've got a picture. I wanna, sh- remember her sister? Yeah. <coughs> Danny, wasn't that her name? Danny. Who couldn't sing. Kylie can't really sing either, but. Yeah. But she's got some, some she's good got, songs. And she's got that thing. Come you know the way people have that thing? Yeah. It's like Mick Jagger can't sing, but he's got so, that thing. David Bowie didn't have a great voice, but he's got that thing. He's got the X factor. He just has that thing about them. Like, I, I don't think it's, I think talent's important, but I think you have to actually have, because there's so many people out there with, like that can sing and then there's just like, they're fucking dead inside. So. Um, do you remember when she was banging Michael? Michael Hutchinson. And it was obvious she was banging someone. Did you watch the documentary I told you about? No. About him? It's crazy. About how he killed himself? It's just about his family and everything and about his life. And they did that thing that they always do at rock stars, male rock stars. He was a recluse. He was so insecure. He was so shy. He lacked confidence. He lacked confidence. <laughs> when he was riding four women at one time. Is the word? Is he riding four of women? Of course he was. At one time? Yeah, I just made that up. Oh, okay. I thought it was a documented. <laughs> they all came like, out and so said. It's so funny where they're like, he had no confidence. He had no friends. He was alone with all of these people. And he was in a room full of 400 people and he was alone. Yeah, no, that, that line I was listening to. Then like, he found two women and went home and banged yeah. them because he was so, was no self-esteem. So, he like, was surrounded by nobody. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that he had mental health issues at all. But just this thing that people do is always with the rock star shit. Whereas like these rock stars who are putting coke in their arseholes and fucking every woman that walks and are dickheads to everybody he had low self-esteem and no confidence <laughs> what maybe he was just an arsehole yeah who should have went to therapy yeah but yeah that's what they did with him and I was like oh please shut the fuck up did he have a um, he had no confidence while he was on stage in front of 2.5 billion people what did he have like about? dyslexia or something I don't know I can't they remember always say things like he, had he was no very beautiful He's what? It's not my stuff. thing. I remember. I remember as a kid, confusing him with the guy who plays Jim Morrison in Way More. Oh, Wayne I can see that. Yeah, he too. has that face. Yeah, I was like, is that the same guy? There's just to show pictures of him, like it's right thing, and I was like, wow, he was very pretty. Like he just was very pretty. He was very mm. like dainty little features. But yeah, he has no self esteem. He'd fuck you up the whole book. He would. <laughs> and I'm sure he was. Like, I think he fucked Kylie up the ass. Oh, he did. As, as to say what uh, she was going through something when she was with him anyway she was going through a thing well they were never she said that they were very rarely together yeah she said that they used to fax each other fax yeah it's back for the internet man someone asked me the other day for a fax sorry and I was like is this 1997 I was like no no we need the documents faxed what, what? I can scan them to you like and no. email them to you and I was just like no it's not happening sorry faxed I don't even have a fax machine in my building. We used to have a fax machine in our old building and then they got rid of it because they were like, it's not 1984. We no. don't need a fucking fax machine. It's that like, 21793, operator. Like we don't, that's not a thing. But Hello, operator. Yeah, like people were like, could you sell a telegram? And he was like, we need a fax. Do you? You need a fucking computer. You should have responded with, you know what you need? <laughs> Someone else to have one other than you. Yeah. <laughs> like You're the only person in this country with a fax machine. <laughs> it's not happening. But yeah. I'll send a carrier pigeon. Mm. 
and then he was like, I was like, I'll scan the, scan the documents to me. And he was like, can you, email, can you courier them to me? And I said, so here, let me ask you this question. Me faxing you a, a document, you're not getting the actual document. You're getting a scan. It's the same as me scanning the document to you. But because I can't fax it, you want me to courier the actual document. Like I was literally like, Anna, please, I'm going to, I'm going to go over there. And I'm like, was it the, um, what you call it when the, there's a little house here that is apparently <laughs> their country, but it's here. <laughs> What's that called? Oh, fuck, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. <laughs> the embassy. Yeah. And I was just like... Isn't no. that a weird concept? It's like they put a house there like, and they're like, this is... Here we go, here's the embassy. So this land is in Ireland. Yeah. But we're going to give you this house in Ballsbridge. Yeah. And this now... This is America. This is Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> like It's so bizarre. This is America. I know someone that used to live next door to the ambassador to Turkey. Oh, really? In like this apartment in Ballsbridge. And I remember going to their apartment thinking... He could have done better. He could have done better in here. Um, yeah. I don't know. Turkey's a lot, a lot, a lot going on. I'd like to go to Turkey, I think. Would you? I'd like to go to the, not the... Istanbul. Not the place where everybody goes and gets hammered and parties. Another part of it. Less. It's like, I watched a thing before about Ibiza. Ibiza? Ibiza is in Spain. Ibiza. I know it's not in Turkey, but right. I watched I a documentary like, about smart. Ibiza. And the reason I say that is because the part of it where everybody kind of goes to party and like, hey, and I was like, no. And then they went to this other part. I was like, that's so pretty. Yeah, so there's parts of Ibiza. I was like, that's gorgeous. Ibiza. 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 I go to Barcelona. 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 <laughs> that's how they say we uh, always know when someone spent a semester yeah. away in Spain. Um, I went to Barcelona. Uh, my name is Hilaria Baldwin. <laughs> Hilaria. What is the name for this? this? <laughs> he said to me, she said to me, she said, Alejandro. Calm down, Alejandro. Yeah. yeah. He said, uh, my beautiful blue-eyed... <laughs> Blonde children. They are Spanish. They are Spanish. How you call I gave them in English uh, cucumber. How you call cucumber? it is cilantro, cilantro. Si 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 si. Scorcio. Gracias, signore. Cheese, peas, cheesy peas. Um. Hilarious. What were we talking you about? You mad old bitch. I can't remember now. Oh, uh, we're saying about parts of Ibiza that are really pretty. Yeah, so there's like in um, the other side of Ibiza that isn't like the party area yeah. itself, a lot of artists. That's It's a really bo- yeah. kind of bohemian yeah. area because they were shown and I was like, I would totally go here but then I'd have to get in a plane. Hot. Get in a plane with a bunch of fucking scumbags. No, you, a lot of people that go to Ibiza are not scumbags. They're the wealthy scumbags. That's true. Like it's a difference. A different class of scumbags. Yeah, they're the they're the they're the Chanel wearing like daddy's Gucci for this entire trip. And if I die from one e, it's yeah. fine. Gucci sandals. And if I die from cocaine, I'll be on the front of the sun. Yeah, they'd be like. 18 year old amazing student perfect angel sweet yeah. baby gorgeous fabulous look at her she's so pretty one e and she's dead yeah yeah well kill her <laughs> kill her <laughs> everybody's having a breakdown over it yeah and then everybody in Bali is just banging up an heroin and they're like fuck them <laughs> seven men died of heroin over this ah it's grand it's a bumper week over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where you can check out our MMI Super Mario Kart special where Emma and Sarah Jane battled me and Mr. Craig for the prestigious crown. Plus, it's a feminist bonanza over at MMI Behind the Music and of course the usual uploads of Bite Sides and Songs. It's not to be missed over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, and you can be part of the fun for only six euros a month. Um. So this week, 
I am going to do the murder of Celine Cawley. The lady in Holt. The lady in Holt. Oh. The lady in the house. Um, so I got my... I have a weird connection to the story. Oh! But go on. Okay. I got my information from the independent. Uh, from every paper in the Republic of yeah, Ireland. Yeah, the Irish Times. Um, from medium.com. Another article by a girl, I think it's a girl, called Casey Scribbles. It's actually great. Uh, Casey Scribbles? Yes. And what another, a name. And I got two separate articles in the Irish Times and then I got information from Men's Ray as well, the lovely Sinead. Sinead. Um, so, uh, okay, so Celine, Cor- Celine Cawley was born in 1962 in Hoth County, Dublin. She was the daughter of Dublin sister James Cawley and her mother's name was Brenda. She had three siblings, Barbara, Susanna and Chris. Um, Celine's family described her as an incredibly kind and confident child who was liked by everyone. So the children grew up very wealthy with a childhood spent yachting and summering in the south of France. Oh, um, daddy! Yeah, a friend of Celine's, Helen Cody, told the Irish Times that Celine was, quote, quote, really, really close to her family. Her sisters were basically her best friends. Her dad was like a... a very famous solicitor. An entertainment solicitor yeah, or something. Yeah, so he knew a lot of really, like, he was knew a lot of people in politics and the entertainment industry, and he was. They were very wealthy. And where did they live? They, they lived in Holt as well. Oh, so she's from Holt. She's from Holt. Yeah, Holt is so pretty. It's a beautiful place. I'd like to live in Holt. Yeah, Holt is gorgeous. So upon leaving school, Celine began working in her dad's law firm, and it was during this time, at the age of eighteen, she was approached by a photographer. Celine was strikingly useful, and in no time, she moved to New York, where she was signed with Elite Model Agency. Where did you get the rights to my life? I know. I'm like, just telling your story. How? Start to end. Yeah. Elite. What year did you join Elite? Uh, it was, Who I believe you? it was uh, 1986. <laughs> when you were I one? I was one. <laughs> just born. I'd done... Fresh, uh, out the, fresh out the oven. I was box fresh. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, look at this child. Um, Not a toot to our name. <laughs> uh, uh, she worked as a model for such publications as Vogue and Elle. Wow. And at the age of 23, she won a non-speaking part in the James Bond movie, A View to a Kill. A View to a Kill. So it's a part where he turns around and he's like, hello, ladies. And takes off his sunglasses and they're like, hi, James. Did you you see see She's there, but you don't, she doesn't speak. Who plays James Bond? What's his name? The bad one. (sighs) The one that Roger Moore ends up skiing at the end. Roger Moore. Yeah, Yeah. that's the worst one. It's Roger Moore. A View to a Kill. Is it A View to a Kill? A View to a Kill. God, what a complicated name. James Bond is shite. Anyway. A view to kill. So Celine travelled between New York, Paris and London, modelling and acting. Uh, she was incredibly ambitious and although she enjoyed acting, she had her sights set on becoming um, an actor. Oh, she wanted to become an actress. She wanted to become an actor. So in 1985, Celine moved back to Dublin. She began working for Windmill Studios, initially as a receptionist, and then she was hired by a producer to be his PA. So she left a life of like jet setting around the world, being a model, like getting parts in shitty James Bond movies to move back to Dublin to work in Windmill Studios. And the reason for that is that she had decided she wanted to be an actor, but she also wanted to get into producing. So she thought, I'm going to go back and I'm going to work in Dublin, be around my family and see if I can get a job in producing. Which I don't know, but that's what she wanted to do. So, And then, wanted, and then became a PA. Yeah. So working with the producer was how Celine decided that she, that this was the career she wished to pursue. Celine was known to be incredibly hard, headstrong and when she wanted something she went for it and she usually got it. This drive was incredibly useful in, produ- in production and Celine moved to London where she became su- successful working for production company GPA in not only production but also advertising. So she started working with this producer as his PA 
And then he kind of taught her the ropes. Yeah. And she moved to London then and became a producer and worked in advertising. Like she just like, just feel like she just was like, I'll do whatever I want. Like That's there was insane, no, she was just like, I'm going to do this. 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 There was no like point of her being like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. She was like, I'm just going to do it. Which I fucking think is amazing. That is amazing. Um, What a fantastic role model. Yeah, like incredible. So in 1990, Celine met Eamon Lillis. He's a cunt. Yep. Eamon was from Terranure in Dublin and worked in advertising. Now I use that with the biggest inverted commas that you can find in your life because he was a fucking layabout. That's all he was. He was like, I work. He's one of these dudes like, I work in advertising and he did not work in advertising. Did he come for money too? No. Terranure is not that. <clears throat> not really, no. It is quite now, but he not He was just then. like kind of normal dude. So Celine and Eamon became friends, but this eventually turned into a relationship. Celine's friends described the relationship as, quote, chalk and cheese. Celine being confident and a go-getter and Eamon being quieter with less ambition. However, their partnership seemed to work. And in July 2020, no, not July 2021, July 1991. Sorry, they were married. So they moved to Sandyford, to a big old house in Sandyford. And in 1993, Celine and Eamon's first and only child, Georgia, was born. Oh. So... So in 1993, the same year her daughter was born, the company Salim was working for, GPA, ceased trading. So it just shut down. Not one to sit on her laurels, Celine instead saw this as an opportunity to set up her own business and become her own boss. So Celine set up an advertising company named Toy Town Films, which I think is a really nice name. That is. Toy Town Films. So she chose to base the company where she had previously worked in Windmill Lane Studios. In Hoot. In Hoot. The studio was in a tiny office and Celine had a team of people working with her, including her husband, Eamon Lillis. <clears throat> she also hired two other people, Emma O'Byrne, I think is how you say her name, and Andy Branford. Celine worked incredibly hard and managed to secure, quote, this is from the Irish Times, clients such as Carlsberg, Guinness, Volkswagen, v- Volvo, Renault, ESAT. Aircom. He said Digifone. Oh yeah, Cadbury's um, and McDonald's producing high quality TV commercials for Irish, English, US and European markets. Wow. One of its most memorable campaigns was for Walker's Crisps starring Roy Keane. Oh yeah. So she started this company out of like nothing and that's how how big they got so quickly. So in the words of Celine's friends, Helen Cody, so this is in the Irish Times article, Ambitious and Loyal to Her Friends by Kathy Sheridan. She was a formidably strong, powerful, intelligent woman in a man's world. Quote, when you're only as good as your last campaign, advertising is a tough world and making television commercials is hard, hard work. The production company would be under incredible pressure to interpret a brief, to deliver a creative idea, to help develop a brand, maintain diplomatic relationships with the client, deliver on time and under budget if possible. It's a small pool in this country. You're constantly being watched and monitored to see that you're ahead of the curve. And Celine succeeded above everything else. So, like, I know advertising is incredibly stressful. Like, I don't have people do that job. Um, because if you're not making money, you're gone. You know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Celine was a, an excellent businesswoman. And she worked in an incredibly demanding and stressful environment. What will be described as ambitious and driven in a man usually translates translates to hard-nosed and ball-breaker in a woman and this was absolutely true in Celine's case according to one colleague of Celine's quote she really knew her business and she didn't suffer fools gladly if she didn't like somebody or thought they weren't up to scratch she wouldn't have them hanging around she wasn't afraid to get rid of people but she was no drama queen going around firing people either 
So another of Celine's work assistants, associates, sorry, John Hayes, spoke highly of her saying, she was such a big part of the lives of all the people who worked in Toy Town. Toy Town is such a great name. She was a great colleague, mentor and friend. She was generous, supportive, fiercely loyal and always at hand with good advice when it was needed. So Toy Town was a huge success and this allowed Celine and Eamon, uh, but mainly because Celine was like amazing and Eamon was just like a fucking leech to buy a massive house on Hoth Hill. The area was incredibly affluent and Celine's late neighbours included people like Gayburn. Celine's family and friends said that Celine and Eamon were united and very happy. They both enjoyed socialising and throwing lavish parties in their huge house. It it's is gorgeous. Huge. It's gorgeous. So after 17 years of marriage, Celine and Eamon's relationship did start to deteriorate. The two shared separate bedrooms, sometimes because of uh, schedule conflicts within the company because they worked together. So sometimes she'd be up like super early and he'd be up much later. So they were like, we'll just have separate rooms because I don't want to wake you and stuff like that. But mainly because they were finding it increasingly, increasingly difficult. Sorry, I'm going to, excuse me, to share work life and home life together. So on Monday, December 15th, 2008 at 10.02 a.m., a 999 operator in Tara Street Fire Station received a call. The man on the other end of the line was frantic and high-pitched. He told the operator that his wife had been attacked. He said his wife had no pulse. The man was Eamon Lillis. Within minutes, Gardy and an ambulance were on the scene and they found Celine Cawley laying outside on the patio. Her husband Eamon was performing CPR on her. So as the paramedics began to work on Celine, Eamon told the response unit that he had arrived home minutes earlier and that Celine had been attacked and that he was also attacked. Celine was bleeding from her head and Lillis himself had scratches on his face. He had a pronounced lump on his forehead and abrasions on his knees and his fingernail on his wedding finger had been torn away. Yeah. Blah, blah. So as the crew tried to help Celine, paramedic Stephen O'Reilly from Kilbarrack Fire Station noted that her body was colder than it should have been for the amount of time it had been exposed on the deck. So Celine was taken away by ambulance and brought to Beaumont Hospital but at 10.56am, Celine Cawley was pronounced dead. Mm. She was 46 years old. So, the guardies spoke to Eamon on the scene, but they found him difficult to understand. He was still super frantic and his story seemed confused. Lillis told Gardy that he had woken up at 6.30 to exercise. He said, I woke up at 6.30 to do my ab exercises. Is that actually what he said? That's what he said to the guardie. I'm sure they were like, we don't give a fuck. Your wife's dead. Your ab exercises. He loves to do his ab exercises at 6.30am. This guy's a fucking dick, by the way. Yeah, he looks like, uh, he looks like Bilbo Baggins. I can't. So. It's like Dildo Baggins. (laughs) (laughs) After he made himself. so long to think of that. So long. You should brain digging over. (laughs) So after this, he made himself a cup of tea. And it said, cup of tea. And at 7am brought a cup of tea to his wife and his daughter in their respective bedrooms. Was his daughter in the house when it's happened? No. No, no, no. So, uh, Eamon told Gardy that Celine had been sick with the flu. So he had slept in the upstairs bedroom. She had slept in the upstairs bedroom by herself. At 7.40am, Eamon showered. And then at 8.30am, he brought his daughter to school. Okay. He bumped into an old friend on the way back to the house and spoke to him about how, they'd, how he was just on his way to buy new uh, Christmas tree lights because his Christmas tree lights had blown. Eamon then made his way back home, uh, stopping at the news agents to pick up a paper. So this is the series of events that he told Gardy had happened. Eamon then told Gardy that when he arrived at the house, 
house, sorry, he let the couple's three dogs out and decided to bring them for a walk. He said that the business was slow around this time of the year and he didn't have to be in the office until 2pm that day. So he was just kind of chilling. So Lilith arrived back from walking the dogs to find an intruder, quote, on top of his wife, messing with her top. So like her blouse or her t-shirt. There was someone on top of her wife, like pulling at her top. He said that the intruder had a brick in his hand. Lilith said he ran towards the intruder to try and help, help Celine, but the intruder then swung the brick at Lilith, striking him and causing him to fall over. The intruder then ran out of the house and jumped over the back fence. He described the attacker to the guardie as five foot eleven, it's like the same height as himself. That man is not five foot eleven. That man is at most five foot six. With his ab exercises. Oh, so he was like five foot eleven about the same height as me. And the guardie were like Like you and me? Yeah. No, because there's not that much difference between me and you. <laughs> at all. I'm taller than you. <laughs> I thought I was. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, he said he was slim but had a strong build he was wearing a grey bomber jacket with black sleeves jeans and a black ski mask with a white trim around it Jesus he was also carrying very very detailed very detailed for, for, to run in and someone to swing a brick at you and then they run out of the house and you're like he had a slight scar just above his eye and uh, he spoke with this one. like he was just being really detailed he had brown eyes but that's what they say when people are lying you always know someone's like because they put too much detail into the story so um, he was also carrying a dark rucksack Lilith then suggested to the guardie that the man who attacked them may have been the same person who had previously burglarised their home, even even providing the guardie with this burglar's name. What? He also told the guardie that he was sure his wife would have confronted anyone who attempted to break into their house. So he was like, oh, we had a burglary a while ago and I'm pretty sure it's this guy that, uh, yeah. No, 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 they weren't. He was lying. He was like, I'm pretty sure it's this guy. This is his name. Apparently this guy tried to burglarize the house, but they just didn't tell the guards. What? And they were like, oh, we just let it go. We didn't bother because we knew he was from around the area. But here's his name. Tell you what, anyone who lives in the guardie were like, anybody's house, the guardie were like, all right. Uh, so the guardie then brought Lilith to the station. They told him not to wash his hands, but he said he had already washed them back at the house. He handed over the clothes he was wearing to the guardie, a grey t-shirt and sweatshirt and green combat trousers. Uh, Lillis was attended to by a doctor at the Garda station, telling the doctor that the large lump on his head was from the brick the assailant had struck him with. But he had told the guardie that your man had swung the brick at him and he had fallen. So then he then told the guardie or told the doctor, oh no, he hit me with the brick. They say, you're going to see a lot of this. Okay. So uh, swabs were taken from Lillis and then photographs of his injuries as well. The guardie allowed Eamon to make a phone call. He called their company, like, Toy Town, and told the staff members that uh, what had happened to Celine and himself. He assured them that Celine would be okay and she was being cared for in the hospital. And they already know she was dead? Not yet. Guardian informed Eamon that Celine had passed away from her injuries. On the same day at 4pm, they did a further interview with Lilith. He gave the Guardian the exact same story that he had told them in the house. So the next day on December 16th, Gardy interviewed the man who Eamon suspected of the break-in. His name was Stephen Larkin and he vehemently... Stephen Larkin. Yeah, he vehemently denied any involvement with what had happened to Celine. So Eamon also called the Gardy on December 16th as he said he had remembered some, some information that he'd forgotten to tell them in their first two interviews. He told Gardy he passed out when the attacker hit him with the brick. So now he's saying the attacker hit him with the brick, with the brick and only awoke, awoke to see the attacker jump the garden fence. He then said he ran down the road to try and find the attacker, but there was no no sign of the attacker. So now he was adding lakes onto yeah, this. Here's right. Here's the top tip. Top Sarah tip. Top Sarah tip for illegal activities. Go. Yeah, right. Here's the first thing. If you're going to do something illegal 
and you're trying to get away from it and you think you've like done it, it. you've gotten it don't, don't ring, ring the guy. Oh, this guy's a dumbass. This is the same. Remember the guy that um I did that was from Nall and killed his wife. We've done so many days I've forgotten his name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who went on the late late show? Yeah, he rang dumbass. back and was like, I've, I've, I just have to tell you some more I've stuff. I remember that I some things. And also, she's visiting me in her in my dreams <laughs> and telling me, giving me tips. Oh my god, the guardy began their investigation and almost immediately, Eamon's story was not adding up. They watched CCTV footage of Lillis and the news agent, news agent and noticed that he was not wearing the clothes he had given to the guardie, but instead was wearing a pair of black jeans and a jumper. So he was oh. like, oh, here's the clothes I was wearing. And then they were like, but you weren't wearing that in the... Where's the clothes you were wearing in the... Oh, yeah. amen. The guardie located a brick covered in blood on the decking where Celine was found. They also found traces of blood on the screen doors and into the garden and kitchen. There was blood in the ensuite bathroom and it was on a watch. It was on a man's watch. There was blood in it with pieces of tissue paper stuck to it like he was trying to wipe the blood Clean off his it. watch. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the bin. In the wardrobe upstairs, they found a Gap polo shirt and a pair of boots with blood stains on them. This guy's a dumbass. So from medium.com, this is Casey Scribble's article. In the attic, the guardy found a suitcase hidden under clothes and toys. Inside, they found a camera, a camcorder. And then when they lifted those, there was a black bin bag. In the bag, there was a pair of jeans and a black jumper, both heavily covered in blood. Oh. There was also a, pa- a pile of bloody tissue paper. Blood on all the items matched Celine's. Oh. Uh, so there was a thorough fingerprint search done along with searches for fibres in the area. Only Celine and Eamon's blood was found along with their fingerprints, like some of the areas that they were searching. Nobody else's fingerprints, nobody else's blood, no fibres, no hair, no nothing. So while searching the property, Gardy found a mobile phone and this guy's a fucking dumbass. Yeah, so this is my, this is my word connection. Oh, I'll tell you this and then tell me your word yeah. connection. Gardy found a mobile phone on the bedside table in the room Eamon had been sleeping. He didn't think to himself, you know, I'll go up now, go get rid of that phone. No. You fucking thick. There was a number of text messages sent to the phone from only one other number. Uh-huh. Texts had been sent the morning of Celine's death. Each message grew increasingly worried as the person who had sent the text was not receiving any replies. So the text read, Everything okay, babe? Kiss. Getting worried, babe? Kiss. A text was then received the evening of Celine's death as the guardy had the phone in evidence. So the guardy had the phone here and went off. It read... Good luck with everything always. You need to concentrate on your daughter and what's happening to you. In order to do this, I think we should have we, do, we should not have any more con- contact until all of this calms down, for both our sakes. I know you'll understand. Everyone is looking for a story. This is not an easy decision to make. We'll be thinking of you every step of the way. Kiss. Yeah. Do you want to tell me your thing? I know her. Fuck off! Yeah. So remember when I worked in that place and yes. where this is? She do so. She worked in the beauty parlor. Fuck off. Which I say because it was in the newspaper called Hot Haven. Yeah, I knew her like because I used to. She worked there, and she used to come up and like order, and I would oh. quite often walk down and like have a chat. Yeah, and have yeah, a yeah, yeah. And, Like when this whole thing, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So the guardie also found a note which had been thrown in the bin next to the bed. It read, this guy is so dumb. She will get that wedding dress. She will marry Keith next June. She will send out the invites in January. So he'd written this. You will never be with her properly. The only way you can be with her is to live here. Think of the positives in the relationship. You will never take her to France. She will never share your bed. You are running out of time with three exclamation marks. So this is a note they found scrumpled up. 
uh, huh? this 47 year old emo that uh, was living was living <laughs> in this woman's house because he was a fucking waster he wrote this note the note comes back so on December 18th the note comes back in the funniest way that I know you're going to hate so on December 18th uh, Gardy received a phone call from Hoth Haven Beauty Clinic hey a member of the staff a little rat in the clinic informed the guardie of a relationship that had been going on between Eamon Lillis and his massage therapist Tipperary native Jean Tracy yeah wasn't it like member of the staff was the owner of the parlour oh she was like I'm gonna rush yeah she is so uh da 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 Gardy soon linked the text messages found on Eamon's phone to Jean Jean had been Eamon's mas- uh, masseuse for two years Eamon had been referring to Jean by guess who Celine Celine Selena had frequented the clinic and told Eamon that Jean was an excellent therapist. Yeah. Do you want a happy ending? <laughs> Jean told the guardie that initially her relationship with Eamon was strictly Stop professional. fucking married men. She said they began chatting and there was a spark. A spark called money. Money. She didn't say that. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Jean told guardie that Eamon spoke about his dogs a lot and that one time they had sat in his car and he showed her pictures of them. Sorry. Didn't need to show him pics of his wife because you know how she knew Jean. Yeah. Didn't need to show him. He's like, do you know my wife? The woman that introduced us. Do you know, do you know my mom? Do you woman? know the woman that's paying you? Because yeah. I don't actually have a job because yeah, I'm, I'm a fucking layabout. Yeah, do you know her? Yeah. Do you want to see a picture of her? <laughs> no, because you've no. already seen my she, Venus. Because you've been, you've, she's been, your, you've been massaging her also. Yeah. So Jean said during this interaction, so I wrote trigger warning for straights being straight, how nice and manly his hands were. Fuck off. She told the guardie this. How well they could hold a credit card. She didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> From mediumcut.com. This is what she said. He usually got a back massage, but the following week he said the muscles on the front of his shoulders were hurting. So I turned him over. Throughout the massage, he did not close his eyes, but he kept looking at me. To the point I almost felt uncomfortable. So I asked him, what are you thinking? But he just stared at me and smiled. Oh, no. Then he asked me the same question. No. I took his hand. And put it on my neck so he could feel my pulse. And I said, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, no, no. And he left the room. Oh. The following week, they, we kissed for the first time in a treatment room. No. Fucking straights. No. I know I'm straight, but everybody who's straight, shut up. No. Scarlet for you. Fucking wife. How old are these two people? She's 46 and she's 28. Oh, God. His wife's at home. With a job. Paying his bills. Yeah. Because he's like, I work in advertising. Yeah, and I'm down here getting a massage off yeah. a 28-year-old. So when staring I'm, at her. Yeah. If someone... Do you feel my pulse? I'd be like, stop looking at me. I'd be like, you have a heart attack. <laughs> You're old enough to have a heart attack. Yeah. Do you want to... Ugh. Uh, yeah. What do you think? None of your business. Also, way too detailed. Like, there's no need for her to give all that information. Why? I'd be just like... Well, do you want to know why? Why? Because she was fucking hungry for the oh, fame 100%. of it. I would have been like, yeah, listen, that happened. I wouldn't have, no, no you wouldn't I would have never Opened my fucking mouth I would have disappeared God And never admitted Any of this. this But not being Like she was a Fame hungry yeah. Nut job yeah. That was like Oh I'm gonna go out And get someone So I'm gonna tell All these sexy Salacious And details. this idiot Thinking that this girl Was in any way Interested in him For anything other than Money no. is so funny like, to me Like she knew How wealthy he was yeah. And the way she turns So quickly Will tell you How she literally Was just trying to get Money out yeah. of him Like so in October 2008, days after that very sexy incident. So sexy. So sexy. Jean went to Eamon's house. Georgia and Celine had gone to England. That really annoyed me. 
So he waited till his wife and his daughter were gone to England. He brought this young one over to the house. Like, I just oh, think yeah, that's so shitty. Oh, yeah, of course. That's normal man behaviour. Jean told the guardie that her and Eamon went out shopping. Surprise, surprise. To buy Jean expensive gifts. But he of was course. like, she really likes me for my personality and yeah. uh, gorgeous looks. Would you like this handbag from Brown Thomas? Yeah. They also went to a restaurant and a pub. And that night, they, they had made sexual intercourse. For the first time. Sexy. My home for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> She absolutely gave Mahandi in that massage yeah. therapy. There's she no said, way. She said, here's and I'm exactly. not saying I'm not saying she's in any way was paying. He was paying her for sex. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is she was absolutely giving him hand jobs. Well, I'm about to say something. <laughs> she said, "You buy me that bag, I'll suck you off." Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and he was like, "And she okay, she will love me." Yeah, she didn't say it verbally. She just said <laughs> it with her. Life. That's how I give a blowjob. <laughs> she's like this. <gasps> <laughs> This one, this one, stop having sex with With married married people. Yeah, it's gross. So she told Gardy she went to Eamon's home three times uh, when Celine was out of town. So each time Celine was out of town, he was like, hey, come over because I'm a cunt. Because I'm a cunt. Where was his daughter? It was poor daughter. Well, his daughter, the thing about it is, this is such a rich people story because it's like his daughter would have been like, summering or like in studying in Austria like she was like they were so rich do you know what I mean yeah. so they were rarely there you know they were always off doing something as a kid I was always there <laughs> staring at the wall someday so I'll be rich don't cheat on my dad <laughs> wait until I leave the house just wait until I'm gone <laughs> Lilith gave Jean a mobile phone in which she could contact him so in the two weeks prior to uh, Celine's death there had been a total of 90 phone calls and 200 text messages sent between Eamon and Jean and then including sexy pictures that she sent Sexy pictures. Sexy pictures. 100% that's what she was doing. <laughs> she had her I can't do that toilet. because my tummy goes over my, over my vagina so I'd just be like... My, everybody's tummy goes a little bit over up. their vagina. No, not people who don't have like stomachs. Yeah, but they're like a few and far between. They're and even those people who sit with like... When you're... Even if you're very thin, they sit with an awkward posture. You still got this little lump. Plus, to get a good picture of your vagina... <laughs> go on. You got, go on, for details. Go on. Just so I know. Um, you gotta go like this. Right under. Yeah, right under. I feel like if I was doing that, there'd just be tons of pictures of like a uh, very blurry side. Yeah, no, I could... Ne- like a good kind of... I'm like, I don't care, just send it. Yeah. Like, you know, do you know what I do? I just Google some photos. Remember we went to see Fleabag? And, yeah, that's... That, uh, that thing where she was just like... <sighs> I'd imagine that's what it's like. But I was reading this thing a while ago. This is totally off topic. It's not really. Um, where... Oh, shit, there's a banana Are you okay? Bed, that's sorry. good. Where girls were talking about... Um, guys like sexting them and getting really into it and they're like they're like oh my god yeah and you're just sitting there eating cereal yeah. like I know this is the I'm yeah. like nothing's happening here nothing's happening here congratulations on your orgasm like yeah, I'm moving well on done. Yeah. and I'm like oh I'm, I've got my penis in my hand <laughs> do you how are you texting <laughs> phones are big like I can't do that I need my two hands to text <laughs> oh my god oh okay da 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 so yeah so when Jean heard about Celine's death she said she halted all contact with Eamon and just didn't contact him again. So when she had heard... Was that true? Died, we'll find out. So on the 20th of December 2008, uh, after mounting circumstantial and physical evidence, Gardy travelled to the home of Chris Cawley, Celine's brother. Eamon and Georgia, his daughter, had been staying with Chris. How shitty is that? They went to Celine's brother's house and were staying with his brother. Because his brother was like, oh my God, she's after being murdered. This is awful. Fully believed everything Eamon had said and was looking after them. So at 6.55am, the guardie arrested Eamon Lillis. Do you think he really believed? 
Yeah, because I don't think... Or maybe, you know what it could have been? It could have been that he had... uh, Had his niece in the house and was like, I'm going to look after her or whatever. So at 6.55am, the Gardaí arrested Eamon Lillis under the suspicion of the murder of his wife, Celine. As the Gardaí placed Lillis in handcuffs, he asked, quote, what's the basis for this? Motherfucker, you know what the basis for this is. You know all those bloody clothes that you put in the attic? Jesus Christ. Did you think we weren't going to find them when we searched your house? This guy's an idiot. So, Gardy brought Lilith to come Clark- by the sea. <laughs> just put them, why you just put them in the you sea? You live by the sea! Just put them in the sea. He's like, I'll go upstairs and put them in the fucking attic. Under some video cameras. Put them into the sea. And a black Put them into the sea. Right beside the sea. Yeah. He lives on Hotel. So, Gardy brought Lilith to Clontarf Garda Station to begin questioning him. Eamon contacted a solicitor who told him not to answer any of the Garda's questions. Um, and the solicitor told Eamon to say no comment to everything. Just be like, no comment, no comment. Eamon only partially, partially listened to this advice. Of course. Because not only is he a cheating, murdering scumbag, he's also a dumbass. And a narcissist. Yeah. So Lilith began trying to explain away the mounting evidence. So this guy, they, the solicitor was like, shut the fuck up. Don't say anything. Eamon was like... Yeah, I've heard some of that. Heard some of what you said Say there. everything. Just what? He told the guardian the only reason that he and Celine were not sharing a room was because they had gotten used to it when Georgia was a baby. So he was like, when she was a baby, we'd wake up at different times, blah, 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 blah. That sometimes their work schedules meant they could wake each other up. That Celine had a cold that night before he bashed her fucking brains in with a brick. And he was super concerned her coughing might wake him up because the next day he had a big old day of cheating on her with another woman. He said the first, that he didn't have his first meeting yep. at two o'clock. Um, so when the guardy questioned uh, him as to why he had changed his clothes after returning from the news agents, he told the guardy that he was taking the dogs for a walk so changed into more comfortable clothes. When the guardy asked how the clothes had gotten into the attic, instead of saying no comment, genius of the fucking year, Eamon, said he didn't know. I don't know. No comment. No comment. Just say no comment. No comment! Continuing to not shut the fuck up, Eamon then, su- then suggested, quote, there was a second man in the home. What? And that he used the clothes to clean up and then put them in the suitcase along with items that he was going to steal. What? Then for some reason put them in the attic. What? This is, he was like, oh, maybe there was a second man in the home with the other guy. And then he uh, put those clothes in the bag and was like, oh, I'll steal those along with the camcorder and just put it in the attic and then left. He's an idiot. He just, his solicitor was like, no comment. Shut up. No, do you know what his solicitor was thinking? I'm going to make some good money here. So Gardy asked why the top he had given them had blood on the inside and to this Eamon said, I have nothing to say. Eamon told the Gardy that the scratches on his face were from Celine's long fingernails as he lifted her hand to try and find her pulse. Huh? He said she scratched him. <laughs> he went like this, look. She was... Oh, where's your pulse? And, and her, her dead hand went, heh. Yeah, her weak, her weak, lifeless hand. No blood in her body. Heh. <laughs> this little... Gardy then questioned Eamon about his affair. And men's a champion of the century, cut and shut his thin-lipped mouth. Oh, really? He initially denied the affair, but when Gardy told them they'd already spoken to the love of his life who somehow happened to really like Gucci, Eamon admitted to it. They were like, we spoke to her. We have all the information. He was like, oh, yeah, no, we were having an affair. We seen the personalised Gucci bag yeah. you got her. Eamon blamed a midlife crisis. Of course. He said he would never have left Celine because he loved her so much. Because she had all the money. That he had never discussed divorcing Celine with Jean. And not because the, the only reason he had a job and a house and money to afford Jean's massages was because he married a woman with an actual brain and talent and without her he would have been fucked. Yeah. I hate him. 
so angry right and that's like fucking hate him like yeah piece of shit Eamon said that he knew Jean was engaged to a man named Keith <gasps> the aforementioned Keith that was in the note that was found in Eamon Finn engaged to be married so and she was writing this fella and that he was not jealous of Jean being with Keith he told court guardy quote he didn't do jealous did he not and then I said along with not washing his ass regularly I'm sure <laughs> Let's reread the note Eamon wrote and see if he didn't do jealous. She will get that wedding dress. She will marry Keith next June. She will send out the invites in January. You will never be with her properly. The only way you can be with her is to live here. Think of the positives in the relationship. You will never take her to France. Taking the horse to France. She will never share your bread. bed. You were running out of time. So Eamon decided to tell Gardy that the note was actually part of a screenplay he was working on. Sorry. No. <laughs> it's like, listen, I know what kind of sounds like my life. Amen. But it's actually a screenplay about a bank robbery. This is what he told me. It's a screenplay about a bank robbery, but I just wanted to bring some of my real life into it. But I'm not jealous. Mm. What do, you we can, he, do you reckon he paid for the wedding dress? I don't know. I'd say he paid for everything. And he was. she was like, I'll just touch your penis a little bit. And he yeah. was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> So what we can ascertain from this note is that Eamon, Eamon Lillis is a little bitch. When Gardy asked Eamon if he loved his wife, he said, God, yes. Said a no comment, once again. When they put it to him that he had a sexist marriage and was unhappy in his marriage, Eamon said no comment. Gardy continued questioning Lillis into the night. So they decided that, like they said to him, we need to take a break. We've been questioning you for like nine hours. But Eamon was like, no, let's keep going this. I just want to tell you the truth. Let's go I want to go home and write my screenplays. Yeah, I gotta go home. Just write my escape. I gotta write a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna write an Oscar winning movie. It was like some people described him as a dreamer. They were like he lived in his head. It's like he's a fucking layabout. He's an idiot. So the guardy asked Eamon if he felt bullied by his wife. They asked him if she was formidable and felt domin he felt domineered. And Eamon said no. And the guardy were like, well, that's enough feminism for a stay now, lads. Yeah. That's enough. Here, listen, we're going to do we've a class been, now, Eamon. We've just been very feminist. feminism. We've just been very feminist. Feminists 101. <laughs> so tell us, do you think your wife deserves to do be you bludgeoned think, to death? Uh, you killed her because this one time she was like, will you take out the fucking bins yeah. for once in your life? Or do you think maybe she deserved to be killed because she was a good businesswoman? And had a job? Do you think maybe that? I think maybe she deserved that. Do you think the fact that she wouldn't have sex with you <laughs> was meant... reason enough for you to beat her head in with yeah. a brick? Do you think so? Um, just tell us the truth. Yeah, then. just tell us the truth because we might think that if that's we why might you kind did of it, agree with you a little bit. Kind of, like we can't do anything about it. It might only get twelve years. So then they decided that actually wasn't enough feminism for the day. So from Medium.com, they put it to him that he was a second-class citizen, earning a measly one hundred thousand pounds salary euro salary. Sorry, compared to Celine's five hundred thousand euro salary. That she would call him, call at him, come here, do, do that. He denied all of this. He said there was no argument that day. He told Gardy he just wouldn't be capable of hurting his wife. So they were like, oh yeah, she bullies you, doesn't she? She tells you what to do. She puts you down. Now this is, they they knew nothing about this woman. But this is how they viewed the situation. Mm. Because he was with a successful woman. They were like, oh, he's definitely been bullied. So that's yeah. why he killed her. No, he was just riding a 28-year-old. He was riding a 28-year-old. I wanted to continue riding a 28-year-old yeah. and write his little screenplay. Nothing to do with this woman. So at 7.15 a.m., sorry, December 21st. Hey, Eamon, man! Yeah, Eamon Lillis was charged with the murder of Celine Cawley. So they charged him. He was brought to Cloverhill Prison and charged formally. 
So the Irish media had now gotten wind of the murder on Hoth. When they found out the woman who had been murdered worked in the film industry and had been famous in her younger years, they went into overdrive. Photographers camped outside Celine's home. They did. Trying to get a glimpse of the crime scene or any of Celine's family entering or leaving. So on December 23rd, Celine's funeral took place two days before fucking Christmas. I know, her poor... Celine's 17-year-old daughter, Georgia, buried her mother as her father sat in jail for her mother as her father sat in jail for her murder. The press swarmed as Georgia sat devastated. Celine's father wept openly behind the coffin, supported by her sister Susanna. Georgia looked on from a little further back alongside a young female relative. So on January 6th, Lillis was released on bond and returned to his home in Hoth, while Georgia stayed with family members. Eamon tried to carry on as if nothing had happened. This included trying to contact Jean. Of course. He sent letters to her new job and he also bought her a Tiffany necklace. Jean wow, went, classy. Jean went straight to the guardie because she realised no amount of Gucci was worth this fucking psychopath. Mm-hmm. Lillis was brought back to court and the judge was like, listen up, you fucking genius. Maybe don't contact someone that's going to be brought into court to testify against, against you. you. And you're ugly and you're short and you're a little bitch. So Emma decided to shut down Celine's company, Toy Town Productions. The company had begun to suffer because Celine was the only person in the marriage who knew how to actually do anything and wasn't a fucking waste of space. I like this piece of writing. Yeah, so Lillis ceased the company's operation completely. So in January 10, 2010, uh, Amy Lillis's trial began. Once again, the media were like, losing their shit. Because this is so salacious. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, the jury was made up of six men and six women. So Eamon, mm-hmm. the shining light that he is, Decided that he wanted to have a say in which jurors would be picked for his trial. Sorry? Sociopath. Journalist stated Lillis would shake his head at jurors he believed should be dismissed. Astoundingly, the jurors he wanted dismissed were women. Or people, he said, didn't look middle class. What? So he didn't want any women to be a juror because he'd be like, oh, well, they'll take her side. And also he didn't want anybody that wasn't middle class because they wouldn't understand what it's like to be rich. You know, rich and life is so difficult and rich and life is so difficult. And also you're not rich. Your ex-dead wife is rich. You're not rich. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just... Oh, she's preaching. Yeah, Justice Barry White. Justice Barry White. What a man. He's gonna have a shake. <laughs> he oversaw the trial. Every time he walks, Barry White walks into the court, I hope that song. You know that. That's the song. It's like in Judge Judy. He goes, Justice Barry White. What does he's he look gonna like? gonna take a shake all over this courtroom. Justice Barry White. With justice. What do you think he looks like? Um, black, obviously. No, like, he's absolutely not. I think he looks like Barry White. Images. I'm gonna say he's a... Um, oh, that's not what I was expecting. Let me see, I can't see. He kind of looks like someone you'd be attracted to in a shit television. I'm not television. attracted to him. No, if he was in a shit television no. show where he played the president, you'd be like, I can't think he's hot. Uh, I think you think that's that's Mr. Uh, Mr. Senior, the president of the United States forever <laughs> in my heart. So uh, Justice Barry White oversaw the trial. So the state began by describing the scene in which Celine was found, along with the lies that Eamon uh, Lillis had told during his interviews with the Guardi. Eamon's affair with Jean was also told to the court. So Eamon's solicitor then began to speak after that. He told a shock court that Eamon admitted that there was no burglar in their house in the morning of Celine's death. That it had only been Eamon and Celine together in the house. So up until this point, Lillis had been like, I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. There was somebody else in the house. So everybody was like, oh, he's going to deny this. Then when the trial started, he was like, I was the only person in the house with her. And I did it. 
So on the second week of the trial, Jean Tracy took the stand and told the court about the affair. She also told the court that Eamon had contacted her after Celine's death to explain what happened. So remember she said, oh, I didn't contact him. I never spoke to him. He did contact her and she answered the phone. He told Jean that him and Celine had a heated argument early that morning because she had forgotten to, he had forgotten to put mealworms out for the birds. He told Jean that Celine had attacked him. They had fought outside in the deck, decking and Celine had bit his finger. He said he pushed her to stop the fight and she fell and struck her head and began to bleed. Eamon told Jean that as Celine lay on the deck bleeding and falling in and out of consciousness, that they decided to concoct a plan where they would tell their daughter that a burglar had broken into the house and attacked them both. So Georgia would not be upset that her parents were fighting. He said he had then called an ambulance but realised it might be too late. So he said that they had a fight. She attacked him. He attacked her back. She had fallen. She was like bleeding out. And as she was coming in and out of consciousness, two of them were like, let's just say that a burglar came into the house and then that uh, I'm not dying. And then uh, that uh, Georgia won't be sad that this has happened. Sorry. Oh, Sarah, you've no idea how bad this is. Like this is. So this is what he told Jean. So Jean was like, I'm going to tell the court. Jean told the court that after this, the. Uh, phone call she had cut all contact so she initially said she hadn't spoken to them then she was like after this call I just cut contact with them she did she also, not think to go to the guards at that point no she also said that he had sent a three page letter to her job and the gift and the lyrics to Halo by Beyonce were printed on the box no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> he's such a cunt oh no It'd be so fun. What I had hoped was is that he wrote no, that he'd recorded beyond the Beyonce said, and then every now and again, we're just like, I love you, Jean. I know my penis is small, but my bank account is huge. I'll be your halo. That's what I wish he had done. He printed out the lyrics like that. Isn't these like a you know when you're a kid and you do stupid shit? Like this, honestly, this is- <laughs> I'm going to say this now. This is like reading my diary yeah. from when I was 14 years old. And He's you know what an I did? With, you know what I did with that diary? I burned it because <laughs> I was so oh. embarrassed for myself. <laughs> That's what he's like. He's he's never grown up. No, he's never grown up. He had a b-ball account, and unfortunately, he was with a woman who was like, "We have to raise a child. We have a business," and he was just like screenplays and stuff. She was carrying him. Carrying him. So Jean also told, <laughs> also told the court that she had Jean told the court that she had overheard a conversation between Lilith and Celine earlier into their affair. So he she he had been out gallivant with Jean and uh Celine called him. Selena called Eamon and told him to come home as she wanted the car. Jean said Celine's tone was demanding and Eamon seemed embarrassed. She said Eamon seemed used to being bossed about by his wife. Here's the thing. This term boss bossed about it's so bizarre to me because like what does that even mean hey where are you are you out the car I need the car when you come back what a cunt hmm? she needs to go somewhere mm-hmm. also I didn't have two cars she won 500 grand a year anyway besides point um Celine and Anya you- her to be like yeah she's a bit of a boss you're fucking his wife or his her husband shut your fucking mouth mm-hmm and because he said Celine knew nothing about the uh, affair she 100% knew about the affair she knew he was up to something like definitely knew he was up to something but just didn't say anything obviously, or didn't or, give a shit or didn't give a shit more than likely so Celine um, and Eamon's daughter Georgia uh, Celine and Eamon's daughter Georgia also spoke at the trial which I was quite shocked by 
She told the court that Eamon had told her that him and her her mum, uh, sorry, she told him that him and her mum had used the burglary story to protect her. They were like, we needed this burglary you story. You know, she believed her dad. To protect you. Yeah. Georgia, but Georgia said at the trial, she knew her father was lying. Yeah. And that the lie was what she could never forgive. Yeah. So... Pathologist Dr. Michael Curtis took the stand. He told the court that Celine died mainly due to three blows to the head, which were the result of blunt force trauma, as well as suffocation caused by the position in which her body was laying on the ground. He claimed contributory factors were obesity and Miss Colley's enlarged heart. Celine's family wept as Curtis suggested that the absence of brain injury to the dead woman meant her life could have been saved if she had received prompt medical yeah. attention. She bled out. He, le- he left her bleeding out on the ground. Mm-hmm. She was telling <clears> them a story, <throat> but about like how they were going to fix it. Mm. You know, because that's what people do when they're unconscious. Yeah. She was like, just, just tell her that the burglary came. The man, the man like, came for the burglary. The end of that, um, Alan Partridge. Put the clothes in the bag me. upstairs. Hide them. See them. What for? What reason? Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> what the fuck? Just take off the clothes. <laughs> so she was bleeding out in the fucking right. This motherfucker. He's a cunt. So Curtis dismissed the claim that Celine had fallen and banged her head and stated without equivocation that Celine Colley died from three large strikes to her head because he kept saying, oh, she fell and slipped and banged her head. She hit it three times in a row. Yeah. Initially it was some guy attacked her with a brick. Then it was we had a fight and she fell and slipped. Then it was we made up the burglary story. He's a fucking liar like. So then Eamon took the stand. Why did his, like, why didn't his solicitor stop this? <laughs> He told the court about their their argument and that Celine went outside and picked up a brick. He said he began to panic as Celine started to come towards him with the brick. Okay. So instead of locking himself in a room to protect himself because this woman is coming at him with a brick, he went outside. What do you do with that brick? Which is what you do. <laughs> if Graham Lady picked up a brick, I'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> like at the time when I was reading this I was like why didn't you just lock himself in the room and then I was like oh this is Sarah she got to see yeah, I'd be like <laughs> pick up a brick <laughs> what um, there's a knife in the house <laughs> you want to play bricky knife eh so Eamon went out to the tech decking and he and Celine tussled Eamon said he lost his footing and fell on top of Celine he said Celine banged her head and his injuries were for him from him falling on top of her sure that's how you lose a whole finger he said that he began uh, the staging the break-in idea um, and then he was like, oh, right, we're after fighting. We have to, like, we have to stage this. We have to, we have to tell Georgia that a man broke into the house. He said, that's when he started doing it. He said, then he was like, oh my God, there's blood all over my clothes. Uh, so he took them off and put them in the suitcase upstairs. He said he came back downstairs and saw that Celine had passed out in the decking. So he's, he was like, we arranged this. Then I just left her there to bleed out there now. She was bleeding all over the place. Blood everywhere. And I was like, there's a bit of blood in my clothes. So I'm just so going to go upstairs now. Go even though you're bleeding from three parts of your head. You can't speak. You're slipping out of consciousness. I'm just going upstairs and put my clothes in the, in the suitcase and put in the attic, yeah? And I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna wash my hands, change my clothes. Yeah, and I'll get some tissue to try and wipe off. Yes, I'm just gonna wipe the blood off my wash, wash and, leave, and then I'm gonna leave right a little note while I'm there, just yeah. put in the bin. Uh, I'll ring Jean too. Ring Jean. No, hey, no, Jean. What's her f- Jean is the. Yeah, I'm gonna ring Jean as well. The state then pulled apart every single thing he had said for the lie that it was. Amos said he kept the burglary lie going because he didn't want his family to know he was physically fighting with Celine. Um, Eamon said it was an accident and he didn't know how badly Selena hurt, was hurt. The state asked him how he thought she wasn't badly hurt when his clothes were covered in blood and there was a ring of blood on the ground around her. Eamon said he blocked it all out. 
It was like I was in a panic. I just blocked all the blood out. The safe then put forward that the reason Eamon had attacked his wife was in order to enter a relationship with Jean Tracy. Yeah. Lilith stated that under no circumstances did he think there would ever be a relationship between him and Jean and that he loved his wife. The state asked if he loved his wife, if he loved his wife so much, why he would leave her to bleed in the garden of their house. Yeah. So after closing arguments, the jury deliberated for nine hours. And on Friday the 29th, Eamon Lillis was found guilty of the manslaughter of his wife, Sorry, Celine Cawley, and was sentenced to six years and 11 months in jail. Sorry, what? So a jury sat and listened to this horseshit for three solid weeks while the state blew holes in every single one of his stories and even his daughter was calling him a liar and found him guilty of manslaughter. Why? So Lillis... just gestured money. Money. Lillis was brought to Weefield Prison. They believed... That if I was on that jury, day one, I'd been, I would have been like, sorry, can I just say guilty now? Yeah. Like, bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Like, even the guardie were like, what the fuck? Like, he's lying. His story has not made any sense from the start. His own daughter is like, he's lying. And the woman he was fucking was like, uh, yeah, no, he told me this ridiculous story and it's definitely not true. And he's writing little stories about fucking... That's not, that's a movie. It's a screenplay. Yeah, right. Sorry, sorry, Eamon. Listen, you need to just respect... I need to respect the... I need to respect the art. You need to respect the process. Fucking prick. So Lillis was brought to Wheatfield Prison. Where's Wheatfield Prison? Right beside us. Oh, Across the road. Is that not Clover Hill? It's two prisons. Clover Hill and Weefield. I never knew that. Everybody knows where we live. (laughs) (laughs) So due to a law in Ireland that allows a person to retain joint acids. Yeah. Even after they've been murdered by their partner. She, he got all her money. Eamon Lillis had full rights over Celine's assets. Yeah. Assets that belong solely to Celine were passed to their daughter in full. However, all other assets would be passed to this cunt. Mm Mm-hmm. The couple owned a property in France, which was passed to Georgia, as French law states that you cannot retain an asset if the reason is in part due to a crime committed. Yeah. Because they're fucking smart. Yeah. However, in backwards Ireland, this law did not exist. No, it didn't. Celine's family launched legal action to stop Lilith receiving any inheritance and the case lasted for four years. Yeah. From the Irish Times, Minister for Justice Charlie Flanagan decided not to oppose the legislation legislation but plans to submit some amendments at committee stage based on advice from the attorney general according to a spokesperson so he's like i'm not gonna do it right now but maybe in the future so Eamon lillis was given full ownership of the couple's home in hoth he told the courts that he had no intention of selling the house he sold it but he needed somewhere to live when he left prison he also told the courts that he refused to give the house to his daughter because he didn't believe that she should have it and he didn't want to be a tenant to his daughter after murdering her fucking mother he's a piece of shit Mm. Eamon, uh, so in 2012, three years before Eamon's release, the house was sold for €850,000 with, with Lilith receiving 425000 of this. Yeah. And Lilith now sits on nearly €1.3 million Euro of Celine's assets. The remainder of Celine's inheritance went to her daughter, Georgia, and Georgia has no longer any contact with her father. No. So, Celine's siblings have described the trial for their late sister as horrific. During this trial, Celine had been painted as a cold and bossy individual who was very difficult, her sister Susanna said. Uh, she said, you were absolutely powerless sitting there during a criminal trial. You can't contradict it. You have no voice. It's very difficult. But we know what Celine was like and her wonderful personality. 
The media had painted Celine as a hard-nosed bully and her husband as a put-upon man. Yeah. Which Celine's family and friends have stated unequivocally that that was not true. Celine was a powerful businesswoman who worked hard. The media worked harder to betray her as a horrible person and wife. They reduced Celine to a former Bond girl, ignoring every other quality about her to sell newspapers. They spoke about her weight and her appearance, how she had been a model, but now she was overweight. Mm-hmm. They tried to paint Lillis as a sympathetic figure. He had a fat wife and he was being bullied. Yeah. They described Jean in terms of pretty and petite and reduced Celine to portly and overweight. I mean, of course, he bashed her head in with a fucking brick. Mm. His wife was fat mm-hmm. and a bitch. Yeah. And he was just a poor little old man. And he needed a girl to suck his penis. I hope, honest to God, I hope I open the newspaper tomorrow and that cunt's dead. I fucking hate him. And the state of him. Like, everybody's like, Celine, for a girl, now overweight bitch. And this motherfucker walking around like Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, no, he's... The hack of him. Yeah. Five foot eleven, me whole. If I ever meet him, I'm going to be like, stand there, I'm going to measure you, you cunt, because I know you're not five foot eleven, you short prick. So... The absolute abhorrent sexism and misogyny that existed in this case, I believe, is one of the reasons Eamon Lillis avoided a murder charge and instead received a meagre six-year sentence for murdering his wife and leaving his 17-year-old daughter without parents. It was easier for people to believe that Celine Cawley was overbearing and not attractive enough to have her head smashed in with a brick than to believe Eamon Lillis is a cold-blooded killer. Yeah. So Helen Cody told the Irish Times of her friend Celine Quo, because I want to end with this, because literally... They destroyed this woman in yep. the media. They made shit of her. Just people. I, I was so bad when I was. I remember it. She was an incredible, extraordinarily good and close friend. A proper good friend in the true sense. I have so much to thank for her, said a distressed Helen Cody. She could have invented the world lo- word loyal. Her whole life was nurturing talent. We christened her mummy in the office because she was such a good and caring person. There was no way she was a ball breaker. She had people who stayed with her from the start of their careers. She was also an incredible mother and she absolutely adored Georgia and she was an incredibly loyal wife. So that is the story of the murder. Murder! Not manslaughter. No murder. Murder. Straight up cold-blooded murder of Celine Cawley by her tiny dicked fuck nut of an ugly prick husband who I hope is currently rotting somewhere and has 12 STDs. But I know he doesn't. Can we call this episode 12 STDs? And I know he is 1.3 million euro of that woman's fucking yeah. money because Ireland is too busy believing that it's perfectly okay to murder a woman and keep her fucking money. But that, that law has since changed. <gasps> that law has since changed. He still has her fucking money. No, he's still got it. But it's changed... Directly because good. of her family and they her daughter. They did a good thing. Um, but you did a good job. Um, I'm very angry about it. I was reading, I was doing it yesterday and I was like, I fucking hate this cunt. Um, I just feel for his for their daughter. Well, it's just, I remember, I remember the whole thing so vividly. And I do remember that there was all this like, she was a Bond girl. Look at her now. now yeah. Because she's so unattractive. Like they literally and were like, maybe was, ugly people should die. Yeah. And then that like lady in the Hot Haven was like, look, I'm so pretty. And I just couldn't she's help so it. She's so skinny. Like, I just was like, and the thing about it is, Celine was gorgeous. Mm. She was gorgeous then. And she was gorgeous when this was going on. Like she was now, she was beautiful. And they were like, she was so overweight. Sorry, I'd say she was size 16. Here's the thing. If that. Like, like it's just, insane. But this thing of like, like I have this conversation so many times on a weekly basis in work. Like I had a previous line manager in work where I had to say to him, 
he in a like performance meeting he was like here's some uh positive feedback he was like sometimes some of the language you use in your writing is emotion oh is gosh. emotive yeah. and i stopped him i was like i'm gonna stop you there and he was like i was like you're saying that because i'm a female yeah 100 and he was like no and i was like yeah yeah i was like when we go back and i was like i'll give you three documents and you can tell me which one i wrote yeah um, and he was like it's like we, it's, they see being called on their bullshit as someone being emotional yeah. and he was like no and I was like yeah I was like listen I'm, I was like I'm not emotional no. I was like in fact I was like everybody's emotional yeah I was like I am not a and it's borderline impossible if you can separate your emotions from your from your work life you're probably a sociopath yeah because that's not possible it's eight hours of your day five days a week for the rest of your fucking mm-hmm. life it's not possible to do that, like. Yeah. But yeah, just the way they treated that woman in the media. Like, I was beyond disgusted. I remember I was reading a thing where they said when Jean Tracy came in. And also, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not slut-shaming Jean Tracy. Jean Tracy can suck whatever dick she wants. But Jean, Jean Tracy is a piece of shit for fucking a married man when she knew his wife. Mm-hmm. Who was paying her fucking bills by getting massages from her. Fuck her. She knew that he was married and knew his wife. So she can get fucked as well. But like... They were saying that when she came in to do her, whatever, the trial, there was like, the media presence was insane. And I'm telling you something for nothing, that media presence wouldn't have been insane if she wasn't a size eight. No. They wouldn't have given two fucks. Mm -mm. It's disgusting. And people wonder then, why our brains are programmed in certain ways to see certain bodies and certain women and certain types as negative or positive. This is why. Mm -hmm. Like... The early 2000s, everybody looked like a lollipop. Mm-hmm. And that would have been our formative years. Yeah. And they're like, why do so many girls this age have eating disorders? Why do you think? Mm-hmm. Are literally the people, everybody you saw in the magazine, they were, emi- you could see their ribs through their clothes and it was like, this is, this is the way to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just what, I've, her family are amazing. Like they're so fucking, like four years, they fought that for four years and would not give up. To be like, well, no, that bastard should not be getting any of her money. Mm-hmm. And all he he's cared, prison, yeah, he's out of prison. Two thousand fifteen. Yeah. All he cares about, all he cared about, was the money. Yeah. All he cared about to the point where his solicitor had to say to him, "You need to start showing remorse because you're not showing any remorse for what you've done." So just before the sentencing, he was like, "I'm really sorry if I hurt anybody and I upset anybody, and I'm really sorry." Like he didn't show any remorse, none whatsoever, because all he wanted was her money, her money, and to go off into the sunset with Masseuse with McGee, with the twenty-eight-year-old, with the twenty-year-old Masseuse McGee, who was literally only sucking his dick to get free shit, did, and um, was engaged to another man. Did she marry the other fella? No idea. I don't know anything about her. I didn't look her up. She got fired from that place. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. no But I didn't look her up. I didn't say anything about her. Um, but like to be, like uh, I don't know. I just, for her daughter, I feel for her daughter. I really, really do. I just, yeah. that's heartbreaking. 17 years old and that's going like your mom, mom is dead, murdered in the garden and your dad's in jail for killing her. And you're like two days before fucking Christmas. Madness. Anyway. Uh, I will go on the record by saying I absolutely and utterly detest Eamon Lillis and hope his dick falls off. There we go. You did a good job. Thanks. It was very emotional. My writing was very good. Uh, my writing was very emotional. I'm very sorry. I'm a woman. Yeah. You're an emotional mess. I'm an emotional woman with emotions. You should be ashamed. Did you see Hannah Gadsby got married? Yeah. I did see that. So happy.
happy for her. I love Hannah Gatsby. I usually don't care about love, but I was very happy for Hannah Gatsby. I do like her. She's a lot. amazing, and her wife is so fucking cute. So good for her. Well done, Hannah Gatsby. You didn't marry a man. <laughs> Big up the Hannah Gatsby for not marrying a man. I just feel. I feel sorry for their daughter. I'd love to know where he is now. He's there. Some magazine, some trash mag had him like on their thing. He's living somewhere. They have where he's living and stuff. They is he pictures. not living in Ireland? He's living in Ireland. They have pictures of him coming in now his house. Uh, walking the dogs, going to the gym, doing his ab, Gym-y. ab exercises. <sighs> That's always, by the way, if anybody's concerned that their husband's having an affair, if at <laughs> the age of 45. At 6.30 in the morning, he's on the floor doing ab exercises. Yeah, all of a sudden now, nowhere he's decided yeah. to be like, do you know what, I'm going to get really fit and I'm going to do ab I'm going to do ab exercises. I'm going to do ab exercises. I often wondered that they must have had joint bank accounts. Not joint, a separate bank account because he yeah. was buying all this jewellery and shit for this. Separate bank yeah, accounts. but I, I thought maybe that they would have because their assets were all together that they maybe would have a joint bank account. You have to have, so if they bought their, like let's say their mortgage was together, then they have to have a joint account for that. So maybe it was just that was the joint account and then to, other than that. Yeah, so had. like me and Graham have a joint bank account and then we have a bank account each and then we yeah. pay all our bills for our joint. Um, You don't have to. Because she would have seen uh, the gifts that he was buying, Miss Seuss McGee. Yeah. Because he was buying her expensive shit. It wasn't like, here's a 10 euro bag for pennies. He was earning 100 grand a year and he wasn't paying a mortgage. Earning 100 grand a year for scratching his balls. balls. Like, that woman was working her whole off. Like, non-stop, constantly working. One of the richest things I heard about it was just when I read it, it was a rich thing. What somebody was like, uh, she brought Georgia around to lots of yachting, um you know, tournaments because she wanted to expand Georgia's yachting experience and her yachting community. I was like, y'all are so rich. Yeah, people in Hoth love yachting. So rich. And it's like, because that family that I work for, that from Hoth, they all were members of the yacht club and they all, they had a yacht. They love the yacht. And they were like, we'll go out on the yacht. We'll go out on the They're yacht. Like, Sarah, do you want to come out with Sunday? And I was like, do you want to see me troll? Do <laughs> 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 you want to see me vomit? I'll get on your bone. But, but you if know, not, you know what? I'm sitting the dock and drink. <laughs> I'm glad Georgia got a lot of money. I know it's not going to bring her man back and her father is a piece of shit and she doesn't want to talk to him anymore. But I'm glad Georgia is. I hope she's mm. gone to therapy and I hope she gets help. I'm sure but, like, she is. I'm sure it must be like... She's the image of her mom. Oh, really? Image of her. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I saw a picture, I was like, Jesus, she's so like her. Her mom was stunning. Beautiful. She was beautiful when she was 23 and she was beautiful when she was 46. Mm. But the media like to pretend that uh, fat women should die. Yeah. Maybe we should just kill all the fat people. Kill all them. And then... Do you know what I learned today and I'm going to ring uh, on Monday? Uh, not Monday because Monday's been called out on Tuesday. Um, because of my BMI, I can ring and apparently get my... I yeah, can I get, told you that. Yeah, but it wasn't... It's not available on the... Like, you can't register. Oh, okay. Um, So a girl I follow was like, I've been ringing and ringing and they gave me a date for my vaccine. Bring them up. So I'm going to ring about my VMI and be like, hey, listen, I've got an enlarged heart Give me with an love. Injection. My enlarged heart is full, full of, of love. love. So I need um the COVID vaccine. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and then take it. I would hook it up to my veins at this point. Well, apparently we're opening up things. Things are opening. Seven yeah, to I don't, I don't trust any of this. I'm like, I'm back in my head. I'm like, oh, please don't open everything up. Um, because Irish people cannot have manners in a pub like it's just well the pubs aren't opening but they're going to be reopening the pub in a couple of weeks aren't they no so the 7th of May is like retail and stuff and then June is like outside 
like sitting down but you can't like you're not in the pub again but they're doing they're fucking doing takeaway points at the moment anyway so everybody in town is fucking sitting around like it's people are on the boardwalk yeah I don't know why I don't want to sit on they're the they're all sitting on the boardwalk and they're on all the sitting boardwalk. up by the Liffey and they're like we just won't wear masks because it's fine because we're outside mm. The whole thing is... Bunch of Amy Lillis is the whole lot. Um, apparently, they're going to do 450,000 vaccines um, a week or so. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are. So am I. Um, Come to my house. I'll give you an old injection. I'll vaccinate you. I'll, I'll vax you up, I will. I'll spit in your mouth. <laughs> and listen, if I'm still alive after all the shit's happened to me... Exactly. You probably are immune to this fucking thing anyway. Actually, um, You're like Mr. Burns. It's, it's, all the one or, it's one or the other ways, right? It's either one way is that like... Uh, if I get it, I'm absolutely out, gone, not a hope. <laughs> Dead. Right? On the spot. Um, or I will literally be the vaccine. They'll be like, hey. How is she? Um, typhoid, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. absolutely typhoid, Mary. Yeah. So like, I'm like this weird mix and it's like this ecosystem of shit that's wrong. <laughs> and if anything steps out of line, it's like, Phew, you're gone. Gone. Dead. Yeah, like this weird ego shit of like all these problems. If they just met, if one thing goes like that, you're gone. I would say to my dad, the best part of me ran down Ma's leg. It's true. Cause like I agree. The the sperm was I would say Damaged. problematic. All those all that weed can weed damage your sperm? I have absolutely I presume for many years studies have shown that sperm sperm have cannabinoid receptors on them which suggests Yeah, which suggests that cannabis has the ability to disrupt sperm function. Additionally, studies have shown that a high correlation of men using marijuana have reduced sperm counts and concentration. There you go. That explains it. That also explains why my dad can't remember watching a movie with yep. me six years ago. Like people are like, I'd be like, Jim, it'll be on the telly, and he'd be like, "Ah, oh, this is a gas movie. I've never seen it." You'd be like, "We literally saw this." We sat <laughs> together and watched this. Of course, it damages your memory. Fake a brain. You have a lot of feelings today, don't you? I hate men. I hate that cunt. I hate him. Did you write this story? Today? You know what's really frustrating? Do you know what's really, really frustrating? The jury believe they believe they believed it. That is frustrating. I don't know how, because if it was me and you, I would have been like... Literally, we would have have been the worst jurors in the world because we would have just been like... Yeah. Because he would have said something and we would have been like, what? Sorry? Lies. Lies you tell. (laughs) The lies you tell. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Anyway, fuck that guy. Anyway, fuck that guy. I don't know what to call this week's episode. Uh, You said something earlier that maybe... uh, I was going to call it that and now it's gone. Dildo Baggins. Where's the phone? Dildo Baggins. Dildo Baggins. Anyway, happy Christmas. Uh, yep, have a nice whatever. You get off your phone. I'm putting in. Huh? Well, do you know what I'm doing? Yeah, what? Work for the podcast. I was Look doing, doing things. Dildo Baggins. I was doing things. This won't even Save. make it. You may, I said things the other week and I didn't mean That's it. That's a great name, name for, uh, for a dildo. Or for a porn. Dildo Baggins. Dildo Baggins. The quest of Dildo Baggins. Yeah. You shall come. <laughs> <laughs> That was so loud at first. Oh my god. Okay, we gotta go. This is what I'm gonna pay to my job. Say goodbye to the people. Goodbye. Goodbye, the people. She's a cunt with him and hair from belly ferment. If you ask her.